Hey friends, welcome to episode 111 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. Thank you for joining me today. I'm excited for you to hear this conversation because we are talking about fasting. And more than that, how fasting becomes a deeper way for spiritual feasting, feasting on the word, feasting on the Lord. And my guest today is Wendy Speak. And she had this journey of a 40 day sugar fast that she invited others to join her on. And the response was overwhelming. So many know that they need to lay certain things down. We all need to lay certain things down, but it's more than just for physical and health needs. It's also spiritual when we do this. And Wendy's going to talk about how she had asked God, what do you want for my life? And that's where this kind of began. And she wound up writing this book, The 40 Day Sugar Fast, Physical Detox Meets Spiritual Transformation. And we're going to talk all about that. We're also going to talk about um, her parenting book, Triggers, that she co-authored. And it's you know, about instead of reacting in anger, reacting in a biblical response to our kids. But you'll just love all of this. And I know what Wendy has to share is going to encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Wendy Speak. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. I am excited for our show today. I have with me my friend, Wendy Speak. She's a trained actress, which I want to hear a little bit more about. And I think that's going to be in her story. Uh, She's a Bible teacher, a speaker, and writer based in California. She is the author of The 40-Day Sugar Fast and co-author of the popular parenting book, Triggers. Wendy hosts her annual 40-Day Sugar Fast online at 40daysugarfast.com. And we'll repeat that again later on in the show so you can check that out. And you can also find her books and all things Wendy Speak. And I'm excited to have you on, Wendy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Doris. Looking forward to our conversation. Thank you. Yeah, I heard, as I was telling you earlier, I heard uh, an episode that you did with my friend Amber Cullum on Grace Enough Podcast. So that's a little plug for Amber. Check out her podcast. And it was really good and deep. And I loved all that you had talked about. And we were just surrendering this time to the Holy Spirit to just lead and how you want to share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Wendy, if you'd share that with us. Sure. And I love I love it when I go on shows where the title of the show lets me know what you're about. <laughs> and so it's fun because I don't usually share this part of my story, but it really is the, the calling moment, as I like to say. I grew up in Los Angeles, and from a young age, I loved all things acting, as many young people do, especially in that environment. And I ended up going to a college to study with an acting coach that I wanted to study with, And it was in Boston. 
and the weather was terrible and I was constantly sick and dry brownstone, you know, the old heaters pumping through the buildings. And I just was always sick. And I remember one, one evening I was in my dorm room and I was drinking Robitussin from the bottle and I had a humidifier going. I know I'm not plugging that. That's not a good way to deal with things when you're sick. We get the whole like picture of the what, whole picture, was I was not yeah. well. I was actually sitting in the bathroom of my dorm room wow. with the steam in the shower going, the humidifier going. Um, and I remember thinking, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. I'm too sick in this climate. Like that's where it started. Mm-hmm. I was not anticipating having this holy come to Jesus moment. But I said in that moment, God, what do you want from my life? And I think I meant, am I supposed to stay at this college in this city? I really do. But the Lord, more than any other time in my life, I felt him speak so clearly. It was practically audible. And he said, you keep loving me. You keep honing your craft and you keep loving the women I bring to your life. And I'm going to bring those three things together. And so the craft that I was honing was as a storyteller, as an actress. Mm-hmm. And I was leading Bible studies in the dorms. So I obviously loved others and I loved God's word. And when he said, and I'm going to bring those three things together, I remember just having a clear vision of being on a stage, doing one woman shows that point to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I was 18, 19 years old at the time, and I'm 48 now. And it doesn't look exactly like what I thought it was going to be, Um, though sometimes it's exactly what I do. I'll I'll visit churches. I'll put on a one-woman show that allows me to transition into the gospel. But most of it has been online or through books telling stories that allow me to point to God's word. So that was the fierce calling. And um and it wasn't exactly what I thought when I was a little girl, thinking I'd be in movies and TV shows. Oh, it's so much better when God hijacks our plans, isn't Amen. it? Yes, it's so much better. And I love what you were sharing about that, how, you know, it just it kind of you had like an awakening, like wait a second, why am I drinking Robitussin from the bottle? Like, this is not my life. But then God sweetly shared with you his plans that he was going to provide and do. And then doing this one woman show is so cool because he had been equipping you for all of those things. And so where did that go from there? Then how did you segue into like writing and that kind of thing? Well, it was a, it was a long uh, path because I was, so young at the time and I was getting my training. And then afterwards I moved back to Hollywood and I began, you know, auditioning and working as a waitress and doing the typical job booking under fives, you know, just guest spots and so forth. But I was having a hard time in Hollywood as a Christ follower, finding roles that fit my value system. And then I met my husband who was actually from Texas And I was ready to leave Hollywood. And so we got married. I moved to Texas and we started spitting out kids and and my life again got hijacked. And I was serving God by being a mom. But in the midst of that, I was also involved in Bible studies at church and mom's groups. And because I had this upfront skill set, I would emcee the women's retreats and I started teaching at the women's retreats and I was doing all this. And during nap times, I was writing blog posts and I was doing those things as well. And when I had my third child, I really struggled with um, hormone imbalance, adrenal fatigue. 
And therefore I was short tempered and these things in parenting, I didn't think were going to be my struggles because I wasn't raised that way. It's not really part of my personality became very big struggles. And during that, I had to turn to God's word. I had to turn to the Lord in ways I hadn't needed to before. And during that season, I started writing for a couple of ministries specifically about gentle parenting when you don't feel like being gentle. And during that time, um, a writing partner and I wrote a book called Triggers. And the subtitle was Exchanging Parents' Angry Reactions for Gentle Biblical Responses. And so that's just another one of those, oh, I didn't know that that was going to be part of what he was calling me to do. When I thought he gave me a pretty clear calling, it was not talking to moms struggling with mommy anger, you know. But again, he just takes us on this road. And I feel like once we say, here I am, send me, I'm available. Where you send me, I will go. What you tell me to do, I will do. He starts just taking us on a journey because he knows that he has a yes from us. So that was one of those things I didn't plan on doing. I'm like, wait, where's the stage? I thought I was going to be doing this other thing. But he really took me from the stage to the page. And a lot of my story has been in writing books. And it was in that same Facebook group for moms who were struggling where one day I said, okay, what would happen if we laid down sugar for 40 days? And I did not know what box I was opening, but man, it was such a gift to me and to hundreds of thousands of others since then where I said, let's just set down sugar for 40 days. Let's see if it's possible. We're calmer, we're kinder, we're more consistent with our kids. Maybe we're even more Christ-like. And we thought of it as a, a physical detox and what it ended up being was a spiritual fast. And so that's really how God brought me to this place. Yes, there's been speaking to groups and doing what I thought that original vision was. But again, it's been on the page and on the stage with just a yes, okay, where you send me, I'll go. What you tell me to do, I'll, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And so much of my message has been, okay, let's stop turning to sugar. Let's stop turning to these other things to satisfy us. And let's start turning to God. Let's fast from these other things so we can feast on him and his word. And that really has become the main message. That's beautiful. I love how you were talking about you and your friend had written a book, Triggers, because of the interaction with moms and their kids and how they can kind of respond in a different way. Because for one thing, that can change generations um, yes. for the better. Because just, you know, knowing how to do these things, sometimes we as moms don't know how to do those things. And so the wisdom from God to share that. And then segueing into the sugar thing was like, so powerful because what a difference it can make because you know how sometimes people tend to want to separate spirit and body like you know well I'm going to do this for my body and now this is something I'm going to do for my you know my soul and spiritual stuff but it's all it's all one thing you know we were created all together right we're spiritual beings but we're not to think of our bodies as some separate thing from our spiritual life. Right, Wendy? Right, right. And often I'll say, well, to the moms first, I'll say, we know that sugar doesn't make a mom sweet, right? Because we go up and down and all around. So it really started as a physical thing, but we were only a few days into the very first fast eight plus years ago 
where we were just looking around at each other, okay, in a Facebook group, but looking around at each other saying, oh, this is so much more. I'm already aware that I'm going to lose weight, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to gain faith. Yes, God's going to change what I eat, Mm -hmm. but he's going to change me more in the process. Not just how I behave with my children, not just my energy and how I'm available to my husband at night. He is going to change me because instead of running to my pantry, instead of running to Starbucks, instead of running to sweet tea at Chick-fil-A, I know someone right now is like shutting down the podcast. Nope, don't go there, Wendy. <laughs> but it, instead of running to these other things that cannot satisfy because it's not their job mm-hmm. to meet our deepest needs, we are going to turn, we're going to return yeah. to Christ to meet our deepest needs. The one that said, come to me when you're weary and heavy laden, mm-hmm. I will give you rest. We're going to start purposefully turning to him, but we had to set down the things we were turning to for 40 days. So it wasn't a physical detox. It was a spiritual fast. Wow. I love that. How it was a spiritual fast. And then how, when we can do that, we have probably so much more clarity of mind, right? That we can focus on the things of God and we're not all hyped up. I love a quote that you said in one of the podcasts. I think it was Amber's actually. Um, you said, are you running on a sugar high? Are you running to a sugar high or the most high? And that's really like, wow, impactful when you think about that and what we tend to run to first. To get through our days, right? I run from sugar high to sugar high. You start with that, that highly sugared creamer in your coffee. So you got that double whammy of caffeine and sugar. Mm -hmm. Then you start to dip back down and then it's the leftover brownie from the night before. And then it's the handful of chocolate covered almonds and you can just bounce right from sugar high to sugar high. And yet there's this sustaining power when you turn intentionally to the most high. And I don't mean for that five, 10, 15 minute Bible study at the beginning of your day. Mm -hmm. Yes. Start there. But just like you graze on food throughout your day, we want to learn to feast on Christ throughout our day. So we fast in order to feast. We're going to fast from what we are consuming literally so that we would turn to and feast on God and his sustaining word. And he's the sweetest, right? So, I mean, it isn't just, I'm going to give up this and turn to something else. No, we are going to turn to that thing that is the sweetest, that makes us the sweetest and sustains us long-term throughout our days. But it's not 10 minutes in the morning and then we just rest on the laurels. So I actually, my next book that's coming out is called The 40-Day Feast, because I say over and over again throughout the 40-Day Sugar Fast, and then there's a follow-up fast called The 40-Day Social Media Fast. The point of these fasts is that we learn to feast, is that we learn to turn to the right thing to get us through this life, our days here, but also into a forever life in his presence. Wow. I love that so much. And how you're talking about how we're fasting to feast and how we think about those words, because we attach different things from our past or from our culture to these different words. And sometimes they don't mean exactly like what they could mean for us. And when we understand that, you know, how we can say, well, we're feasting even when we're, we're fasting, you know, from something you know, we're not depriving, we're actually feasting on something that, like you say, is more sweet. Jesus is sweet. And, you know, being with the Lord is is so sweet. So 
Wow, that is wonderful. And it's just really going back to how we can change our thought patterns to kind of follow these things. And so that is so powerful. I love that. So the book, when you go through that with someone in the book, do you like tell them what different things are? Because some things we don't realize have all the sugar. We're thinking, well, we're not eating cane sugar, you know, so we're good. But no, we're not, right? That's a great question, Doris. When you get the book, it's broken into, well, not 40. It's actually broken into 41 chapters because on day 41, I I communicate, and this is a little bit of a spoiler alert here, but even though the fast is through, the feast shouldn't be. Mm. We want to, during those 40 days, develop uh, an appetite for the Lord and his word mm. so that even when the fast is done, we're not done. We're not done turning to the Lord just because this, this, you know, short activity, this short Bible study is finished. Like that's just the beginning. This is, this is training time, right? But the very beginning, that introduction that comes before day one is this isn't, this isn't a diet. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you a how to, or how not to, what to eat, what not to eat Mm -hmm. because it's a fast, it's personal. Mm -hmm. So I encourage people to consider yeah, you know, I mean, most people start with just lay down all the refined sugars. Mm-hmm. Some people say, I'm going to take out all of the, the white breads, white rice, it's all the things that turn to sugar in your gut. The liquid sugar, like your sodas and your lemonades, or the liquid sugar, like the alcohol that's going to just turn to sugar in your gut. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are all these different things that you just present before the Lord and say, God, what am I turning to? Because I I want to turn to you. So yes, there are these umbrella things that fall under a sugar fast. Mm -hmm. But personally, I am more concerned about, and I think that the Lord is as well. What are you turning to in lieu of turning to him? Mm -hmm. And that's what this fast is. So I call it a sugar fast. Mm -hmm. Some people are Dr. Pepper addicts. (laughs) And it becomes a Dr. Pepper fast. Now they turn, they, they lay down the other stuff, but for them, that's really where it is. Other people know it's that nightly treat that they just, they need an girl at the end of the day. And is that bowl of ice cream and Saturday night's left over this. And so just consider what am I turning to that I'm, I'm kind of living for throughout my day or come the end of the day. And, um, and that's the fast. So yes, it's an umbrella fast of what are the refined sugars and then really personalize it with the help of the Holy spirit. God, what am I turning to? Cause I want to turn to you. And there's this wonderful verse in Jeremiah where God says, my people have committed two sins. They have two things. One, they've forsaken me, the fount of living water. And then the second thing they've done is they've dug for themselves. They've hewn for themselves broken cisterns that can't hold water. And I think that's a lot. That's what we do. I mean, we do it with social media. We do it with sugar. We do it with shopping. We do it with streaming our movies, right? Binge watching the Gilmore girls, even though we've already done that half a dozen times. And he's, he's inviting us. What have you forsaken me for and forsake that and return to me. And then there's a a verse in Joel that says, uh, return to me with weeping and mourning, Mm -hmm. and fasting. And I think that it takes purposefully setting down what we're turning to so that we might intentionally turn or return 
to him. And it's okay if you feel bad. It's okay if you physically feel bad for those first three, four, seven days. Oh, I feel lousy because I was, you know, obviously sustaining myself with sugar. It's okay to feel physically bad. Use that as a reminder that, you know, it's okay to feel bad. I was turning to something else in lieu of you, God. I want to mourn. I want to repent and I want to return to you, my first love. That's so wonderful. And it's so God honoring. Like you said, when we might go through a time where we're not feeling well because we're basically detoxing our bodies from these unhealthy things that we've been doing. Um, And then it really makes us think about how we are drawn closer to Christ in suffering and how it's glorifying to him. And then it's just there's so much more on the other side of that. And my friend Kate Hurley, she wrote a song that is so powerful. And it is, she sings in the song, Return to Me, Remember Your First Love. And based on that, you know, passage. And so that, that is really so encouraging for a woman who's listening right now. If she was to pick up your book, it's such a personal thing with her journey or even him because you know I'm sure men do it too um, between them and the Lord but also something that they can do in community so that they can hold each other accountable right so how how have you found that to be true it's it's astounding to me I mean I, I seriously am astounded every time we do the fast I say to people that are signing up because I I host an online fast I've been doing this since before we had the um the book the resource and I would just you know, it was a free sign up and you get a daily email. And, but every year it took months to prepare this. And I had people say, just put together a resource and then other people can lead it too. So I spent a couple of years, you know, you know how long it takes to come out with a book. And so put it all together and now it's available. And I mean, you can find it at the Hobby Lobby at Amazon, all the places. And, um, and then I'll say when I host it online, I encourage people invite your friends, mm-hmm. like share, share it on Facebook and say, I'm about to do a 40 day sugar fast. You're going to be amazed at how many people go, okay, I'll <laughs> do it with you. I don't want to, but I will, because I know there's something about the name itself. that's just a hook. Yeah. And I don't mean to do a bait and switch because it's really not about the sugar. Mm-hmm. It really is about what do we want to be feasting on most? What do we want to be hungry for most. And during the beginning of that fast every year with everybody inviting their friends, it's as though we've opened up the door of our heart and Jesus walks in, he takes a look around. He says, thanks for the sugar, but I want it all. I never asked for a sugar sacrifice. I asked for a living sacrifice. So is there anything else that you need to lay down on the altar so that you can live for me and we can have intimacy? And um, so it becomes about social media. It becomes about what we're drinking. It becomes about coffee sometimes. And it's all very individualized because different people turn to different things. Some people say, I had to shut down my phone. I had to shut down my, my um, news watching at the end of the day, because I realized Mm -hmm. that's what I was turning to. I had to shut down novels because I was turning to those to get me through. I had to shut down wordly or whatever the latest game is on your phone. Right. And so it's just amazing how personalized this becomes. But yes, you can do it on your own. You can do it with your friends, or you can join me for one of the community fasts. That is so sweet. And not, I mean, we keep using that term because, you know, 
let's take that term back. <laughs> you know, we, we want sweetness in our life, but a healthy sweetness and, and how it is so sweet when you do go through these journeys with community, how it just draws people so close together. Like you'll never forget that person who prayed for you and you prayed for them. And so the 40 days, it's such a biblical number, but I know that there's certain things that we can sustain for a certain number of days and then it becomes a habit. So how did you come out with that or how did the Lord lead you for it to be the 40 days? So, I mean, I wasn't being super spiritual when I said, hey, what would happen, right? (laughs) It really felt off the cuff, but you and I both know that the Lord had a plan and I just opened my mouth and out it came and my ears heard it along with everybody else's during that Facebook Live. So um, (laughs) there are so many wonderful stories that the Lord ordained that number 40 to be a real wonderful number. And what it usually is, is the Lord's about to do something new. Mm. So during the 40 days of flooding, Mm. and then another 40 days where the water retreated, he was preparing to wipe clean the earth and do something new. Mm. And even when Jesus was tempted in the desert, that was 40 days of fasting. And he was preparing, he wasn't cleansing his son. He was just preparing him to do something new, to move into that that messianic ministry that he came to earth for. And I think that when we're fasting, we definitely have a sense of, wow, the Lord wants to do something new. He wants to reclaim parts of my life for his glory and my good, the good of my children, the good of my community, the good of my marriage, and the good of my neighbors. If I would just look up from my phone or whatever it is I've been turning to, So yes, there are spiritual reasons why that 40 days is wonderful. Uh, Some people really find that 40 days is a wonderful number of days to break a habit and create a new one. However, I can't tell you how many emails I get from women and men that say, as soon as I stopped day 41, I didn't stop. I went back to day one and I did it again and I brought people with me. And then I got to the end of 80 days and realized I need one more go round. I have heard so many people say 120 days is what it took, but I had you walking through it with me with those daily devotionals. And each time I'd bring new people with me for the accountability. Yeah, that is so good. And how, how the, that they were drawn to, to do it again and keep doing it because you figure, okay, I can do this for 40 days or, you know, 80 days or however many days. Or not, but those many days are still going to go by, you know, in our lives unless the Lord calls us home, you know. So why not do something like this that is going to be healthy spiritually, physically, emotionally for the good of the kingdom? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we need healthy disciples walking around doing what we're called to do. And if we're not a healthy disciple, you know, what's that going to do? You know, it impacts the kingdom work, right? That's beautiful, Doris. We need healthy disciples walking around. I love that. Yeah, we sure do. So this has been so amazing. And was there anything else that God has laid on your heart that you felt led to share about this or even what's coming up next um, with this new book coming out? Yes. You know, it really has been such a joy to get to the end of this, um, these, these fasting books. And I asked my fasting friends, what would you like to hear next? What do you want from me if I were to do something else? And I had so many people say, 
teach us to keep feasting once the fast is through. Because, you know, I don't think there's one pastor out there that thinks that or wants their congregation to be just feasting on Sundays with, with him. Mm. Um, and there's not one, one women's ministry director that says, oh, and maybe a Tuesday morning Bible study as well. Or I don't think even the the women like the Lisa Turkhurst that send you out your your morning devotional in your email inbox. That's not where where the feast starts and ends. Mm -hmm. God gave us his word. It is living. It is active. It is filling. Mm -hmm. It is satisfying and is applicable too. And yet I think so many of us are Bible believers, but not Bible readers and definitely not Bible feasters. And so the 40 day feast is what is the word all about? Is it, can it be understandable? Is God really a clear and kind communicator? What does it mean to ingest it? And so in the same style, they are meaty devotionals is what I call them. Mm -hmm. And so after this next round of, of fasts, we're all be leading a, a group through the 40 day feast. It comes out this coming January. And um, yeah. So if you sign up for one of the 40 day fasts, we'll, we'll end up with feasting. I know every year we'll be doing it. That's awesome. What did you say earlier? You said Bible feasting or what was that term you said? We fast in order to feast. Yeah. And I, that's just so amazing. And I have to have you back on after your other book comes out because Let's just talk about gobbling up God's word together. Yeah, yeah. The fiercest and the most filling calling of all, right? Absolutely. And and it's so amazing, too, how your community gave you that feedback, that they were hungry, more, you know, hungry for more feasting because because life gets busy and crazy, you know, kind of like keep God in a little neat box called Sunday, you know, is something, I, I wrote something about that one time because it's like, yeah, keep... God in this neat little box called Sunday. And then the rest of the week, we're just kind of floundering and trying to do things on our own strength, which is not the way to do it. <laughs> so, well, we, we know that we need a God. So if God's in his box, you know, yeah. that, that means we're God of our days. And, yeah. and I, I don't know about you, Doris, but I am a lousy God. Yeah. No, and so that, my sugar, my sugar doesn't last all day. You yeah. know, I got to keep going back for more. So again, mm-hmm. we got to stop running from sugar high to sugar high. Yeah. Learn to run to the most high and learn to feast on his word. Yeah. Absolutely. That's amazing. Uh, can you tell us, Wendy, how can the listener connect with you and find all of these things? And, and when the next thing you said was coming up? Sure, sure. The best way to find out about the sugar fast is to go to the number 4040daysugarfast.com. And you can put your put your name in there and you'll hear from me when it's getting time to do another fast. I only lead the community fast in January and then we follow it during Lent with a social media fast. And then after that, we'll be doing the 40 day feast together. Um, however, like I said, you can find the 40 day sugar fast wherever books are sold and you definitely don't need me. Uh, in a Facebook group, grab a couple of, of your closest sugar loving companions, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus loving companions, and honestly, mm-hmm. your friends that aren't Christ followers. It's a really good way to invite them to the feast as well. Um, because I think that again, that hook, that 40 day sugar fast, we all throw up our, our hands and uh, say, oh, okay, I need that. Yeah. So that's a great way to connect with me or Facebook, social media, Instagram, looking up Wendy Speak. Very good. And I'll make sure those links are in the show notes. 
so the listeners can find you. And and I love your what your your point you just made right here a minute ago about invite your friends who are not Christ followers. Yes. You know, because this is something that they're hungry for and yearning for. They don't even realize that they are something that they need. They don't even realize what they need. (laughs) I've had the joy of seeing more people come to Christ through the 40 day sugar fast than any other evangelical outreach Mm -hmm. I've intentionally done to share Christ. Um, It's really been the highlight of this fast for me personally. That's beautiful. Especially, you know, when we try to be missional and live missionally and for some people, it's not comfortable to just walk over to their neighbor and start a conversation. You know, there's certain ways that God leads people to do certain things. And, you know, we've been talking about this, um, you know, in our staff meetings, kind of like, you know, how to reach people and just be missional. And I, I love this tool. It's a tool, but it's a powerful tool that can be used for that purpose as well. So thank you so much, Wendy, for being on. It's been such a a joy and it's been so sweet (laughs) having you on today. Thank you. That's fun. Thank you. And yep, like I said, I'll have to have you on again sometime. I would love that. I'd look forward to it. All right, Wendy, will you take care and we will talk soon, friend. Okay. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for listening today. Are we so ready for this next book that Wendy's got coming out about the spiritual feasting? We really continue to hunger for God because he put that in us. And so uh, we can continue to do that in community. And we just have this passion that God put in us to walk in the calling that he has on our life. And we just need to step out of our doubt and into that calling. And I love some of the quotes from the show, like when Wendy did say, God, what do you want for my life? We can ask that question. We can all ask that question and he will answer us. And she also said, it's so much better when God hijacks our plans. Isn't it it so much better? I agree wholeheartedly. And friend, be encouraged today that God sees you right where you are. He knows every detail of what you're struggling with and what you're going through. And he is ready to reveal to you your next right step in your fierce calling. And I hope that you will connect with me. Also, I have all the links for Wendy's contact information in the show notes, but I'd love for you to reach out to me at doraswift.com. And don't forget to download the Edify app, E-D-I-F-I, which is free at the Apple or Google Play stores. And think of me next time you are looking for a woman speaker for your next women's event and check that out on my speaker page. And I hope you'll join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week and I'll talk to you soon.